Today's episode is brought to you by Verblio. They make blog and content creation happen. For more information how they can help you in your agency, go to verblio.com forward slash four dash agencies. On today's Agency Life, we are having an interview with Steve Pokras from Verblio. He brings more than 20 years of startup experience, Fortune 500 and non-for-profit businesses to his role at Verblio. As CEO of Verblio, he applies leading gig economy and SaaS principles to provide high quality, fast and flexible content creation platform. Verblio is a content creation platform powering SEO and content marketing strategies for inbound and for a longtime HubSpot agency partner and integration partner. Steve was part of the early management team at Marketplace Service Providers Pioneers Live Ops, which is growing the company into the largest virtual contact center around the world. He also served in marketing strategy and operational leadership at roles at Tedral, Western Union, Marketing Technologies Group, and HBSC. Now, outside of the office, Steve is a Denver native and enjoys um, Frisbee, a hosting jazz concerts, skiing, practicing Portuguese, and spending time with his family and his two boys. So in this show, we talk all about the benefits of Verbio to agencies, how it's solving the problem of finding specialized content writers for your agency. You can do it quickly, and it's an incredible platform that's got uh, feedback built in, a great way to, uh, you can actually white label the software as well. So enjoy the show, and I'd love to hear your comments at the end. Take care. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Agency Life, a special episode today. We have Steve from Verblio. Welcome to the show, Steve. Thanks, Cloda. Great to be here. Tell us, how in goodness name did you arrive in downtown Denver with Verblio? Tell us the journey. Tell us what happened there, how the company got started. Well, I got here because I was raised here, so that part is the easy part. Um, how, how the company got started is pretty interesting. There are a, two co-founders in our company. So we are a bootstrap startup company, uh, and they started it in Boulder. And one was a technical co-founder, and one was a journalist. And so the journalist was coming out of lots of years, watching the winding down of his industry and trying to figure out how to create a new supply of opportunities for great, talented writers like himself and like his friends. And he was looking at companies like my former company, LiveOps, as a model for a company that they should start together. And so they got together in 2011 with his, uh, his the co-founders were Scott Yates and Wade Green, and they co-founded Verblio under a different name at the time and a kind of a different focus. And since then it has continued to grow. And I was very fortunate just over three years ago that they were looking for a new CEO to, to scale this type of business and to uh, really, hit a much bigger audience. So to explain to Granny, what is the number one problem that you solve? The number one problem that we solve is creating consistent high quality content is really hard and we help you do that. Amazing, brilliant. Granny will definitely understand that. And then tell us about the agencies. How, what is the, what's the actual way you interact with digital marketing agencies? Tell us about how they can um, learn more about you and get involved. Great. There, so, so outsource content and freelance writing content is not a, is not a major innovation in the space. What we try to do is bring innovation by creating a tailored, customized marketplace specifically for agencies to create content for your needs. Mm -hmm. uh, and so, we serve between 400 and 500 digital agencies on a monthly basis. We create 70,000 pieces of unique content per year. We do that in 39 distinct verticals. Uh, and we do that for agencies by, by solving major pain points, like how do you start up a new client, uh, having a white label interface so that they can send this directly to their end clients, setting up on a subscription basis as you're trying to get consistent uh, content for your clients and do it in a cost-effective way. Uh, and lastly, we provide a level of, a, of professional services tailored to whatever level that that agency might, might, might want. Some don't want to even look at our platform. They just want the end solution 
content delivered to their client, please don't make me do any extra work. Some want to be deeply involved and some want some level in between with adding photos, videos, and uh, SEO optimization type of work. Yeah, I had a had a demo of the product yesterday with Caroline um, and Natalie walking through. Caroline's amazing, by the way. And Natalie, too, your staff or everyone you. I've interacted with has been incredible. Uh, you can tell the passion for the product and what you do comes through in the company. And it, it definitely is solving a massive problem for agency owners. I see it every day of the week, agencies asking for technical writers or like you've written about, you know, it could be from green energy to golf balls that an agency could have to write about because they might not be in a specific niche industry just yet. They might be running with different types of companies from different types of backgrounds. They've tried hiring the content writer, but to get technical and to get specific and to get content that you've got to really engage with, that can be a real struggle. So about how many writers do you have on, on the available on your Rolodex, as you would call it <laughs> these so days? So it's an interesting question. So we've been looking for the right size of the Rolodex. We, the, the right size is to have as focused a group as possible mm -hmm. so that you're getting as much consistency and working with as much uh, overlap in the same writers as possible while having enough breadth to cover all the different type of tones, all the type of subject matter expertise you might be looking for, uh, and to make sure that it's available and can scale. If you have a client that you can 10x and next month, you want to partner with a different company with that. Yeah. So to answer the actual question, uh, yeah. we have 3,000 writers that uh, work for us, kind of that are in our roller decks, and every three months is uh, interacting with in the platform in some in some way. We have about a thousand active writers every month that are our core, kind of like the 80/20 of the business. Right, perfect. And then, like you said, you might get, start to work with a pool of writers that suit the, 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 the actual list of clients that you have, right? So you might have 15 to 20 clients, you know them really well. And over time, it's about building, strengthening those relationships with those writers so that they understand your agency, that client, your t the tone, and you can co-partner and work together without officially or formally having to hire them because they are all over the world, right? Uh, they are all over the world. They are all U.S. citizens, though. So right. they're all native writers and native citizens. They might be living somewhere else. Um, and yes, the we're trying to create a new mousetrap here. We think there was a wave of companies that were came up with a similar idea of using marketplace and freelance writers together to deliver content that really came out of like the early 2010s. We are trying to be the next evolution of that trend mm -hmm. and figure out a better mousetrap. And part of that is how do you right-size your team so you want a pool of writers who gives you that consistency. Maybe you prefer three to five favorites for each client. Um, and then how do you uh, share those preferences so you don't have to onboard every writer again and again. Yeah. And so we take all the preferences of every agency for each client and share that with every potential writer. So basically you're not, re, uh, you're not reinventing the wheel. It might take you a bit of time to onboard a new writer like always, but then you should be set uh, set for life is the idea. Oh, brilliant. Yeah. And I love that idea that you said sometimes if you're working with the writer over a period of time and you really do trust them, you don't have to be the gatekeeper. You can let be, as the agency, you've got this facility of white labeling. So the client feels like they're interacting directly with someone on your team, but it's a, through your platform because they've strengthened these relationships and they trust each other. That's exactly right. We're about yeah. to uh, we're about to release a big revamp of our white label product that we're pretty proud of, and we'll hopefully give agencies a lot more control and uh, the ability to let their end client share edits and more feedback than they've been able to, ever been able to do before. Yeah, superb. Mm -hmm. And so you you know I think you've more or less answered the question there. So if anyone goes, but sure, I can get all of that in Upwork. You know, it's like, yeah, it's, you know, you ever tried going to Upwork <laughs> and actually was, you know, it's so big and there's so many people there. So this is really tailored, really specific and definitely about focusing on the relationships and getting great work for your clients if you're an agency. It is. I actually want to follow up on that comment because I think Upwork is really interesting. It solves a really important issue. Uh, and I and I, and I have deep respect for that company. Yeah. If you can find the freelance writer you're looking for, well, first of all, it's kind of like the idea is you're looking at profiles and trying to figure out if they can write you. Right. Our philosophy is we'll show you the product of the writer and see if you like it. Yes. Um, but if you can find a one-on-one -on -rela one relationship with a freelancer who's available that you've screened and you've onboarded and they're reliable, that's a great place to be. 
Uh, the challenge is that, as you were just saying, it's such a hard thing to pull off, and especially if you have a more complex business. So we find a lot yeah. of companies that start that way, agencies yeah. that work with one or two, and all of a sudden they now have 10 to 100 clients and a bunch of different spaces, and uh, that's when we usually get our panicked calls. Yeah. Oh, no, it's a great platform. Don't get me wrong. And that's where it started. We, we've been, you know, we were working with it before then, whatever it was called. I can't remember what it was called beforehand. It's called Elance and... Uh, that's right. Yes. You remember. Oh, you're, you're, you remember them too. Um, and I think it has been, but like a lot of things, they've just got so big and then you're just spending so much time to try and get in there. Like I, I remember what Fiverr was like, you know, 10 years ago. Yes. And that was an easy platform and it was a Fiverr and now it's all evolved. And I think the gig economy and, and what we're seeing about flexibility, like you just said, these people are US citizens, but they're actually living all around the world because people like that. They, they like the flexibility. They're very fond of that, living in different places which led me to the other thing I just thought was really unusual as well is it's in English at the moment I you know I presume there could be future plans but English at the moment but lots of different types of English tell us yes. about the differences because I just found that fascinating uh, this was a learning from a client so we work with uh, with uh, agencies and I think around 20 different countries right now Wow. And we were delivering content and I tried to check in with all of our agencies. I, I drop everybody a note after a couple of months on board and I ask for personal feedback. And we try to make that part of our, the way we stand out. And I learned a ton from talking to all of you guys. You are all snowflakes and approach things in a lot of the same ways, but so many different ways. <laughs> and so I was talking to an Australian agency and he said, I love your platform, blah, blah, blah. Uh, but you guys just don't get the nuances of Australian English, and especially <laughs> New Zealand English, which I didn't know it was a thing, but mm -hmm. I have much to learn. Oh, I oh it is. For, I apologize for my uh, my Americanness, um, but uh, so we learned that we had to adjust and kind of put in different English style preferences for each one. So our writers are now notified of each client's preference. Yes. So you've got this drop down menu, and you can select English, American, English, British, English. New Zealand, English, Australian, it's like fascinating um, because there are, there are differences in, in the languages that I guess only come up after the first load of writing has been done. And then yes. it, I, obviously I can imagine you had to learn this uh, uh, through trial and error, as you said, <laughs> to doing it and then picking it up afterwards. So that's really good to know. It's about 20 different countries. That's fascinating. Where, where's the kind of biggest, um, outside of the US, where's the biggest growth you're seeing um, from, from the agency side of things? So the biggest areas outside of the US are Australia, kind of places mm -hmm. where the, the American dollar is where, you know, there's an arbitrage labor opportunity. Right. Uh, the UK yep. is a, another one for sure. And then there's a big uh, Middle Eastern presence as well, like uh, places like Dubai that have really hot economies and need a lot of English content. Interesting. That is, yeah, the, definitely they're a little bit behind there in the Middle East. So uh, we have a, a wonderful opportunity to get them up to speed when it comes to anything, digital marketing, content, uh, websites, all of that. And what are the types of things that it's like an agency who's been, you know, obviously struggling with this, what are the types of things that they say to you after a period of time? What, what, are, what are the kind of relief statements that you hear from them? Oh, that's a nice question. Uh, they... In general, it's the ease of use. So we focus on a few different things. That, uh, in order to get this platform right, it's really a mix of a few different services all combined together. Mm. So the way that Brian Halligan has talked about the way that companies are differentiating themselves in the modern world is through an experience as opposed to a product differentiation. Right. And that's the way that we think of it as well, is really incremental and experiment, uh, an experiential uh, differentiation. And so we want it to be, so things we hear are uh, super easy to use and intuitive platform. That's, the, that's music to our ears. We have Brilliant. a really unbelievable, our head of product was a former designer from Blue Apron and from uh, other companies like that is thinking about the user experience all the time. Uh, we hear that the quality of writing is excellent and exceeds expectations. Um, our favorite, we, one of the reasons we like working with agencies is because you've worked with a lot of other partners. So you know what, what good looks like. Mm -hmm. And you know that the subjectivity of working directly with SMBs, which is so much harder, because they haven't worked with enough to actually see repetition and to know what good looks like. Right. And so uh, the first part is our content creation platform. So that's really SaaS. The second is our writers, which is really a marketplace trends. And our third is professional services, which is your they. Uh, we try to make our team as enjoyable to work with as possible. People here love our business and love love working for the writers as well. It's uh, yep. it's really important to them to 
kind of like have a, a passion of other stakeholders that we're working for outside of just our clients. Yeah, everyone I've interacted with, I can tell. They really want to be there. And it's a relationships business, you know. Um, it's, it's really important. Before, before Verbilia, did you actually work with digital marketing agencies, like this MarTech kind of style of people before? Before Verbilia, I'd never worked with agencies. Right. So what's been the biggest surprise you've had working with them? What, what, did you, what, what are you coming across? Um, Be honest. I, it's a safe <laughs> space. <laughs> yeah, sure. In a very non-public space. Uh, so the first goes back to what I was just saying about the snowflakes. Um, mm -hmm. about, there are just so many unique stories. So part of why I want to talk to every agency a couple of months after they come on board is how's, how the experience is going, what else can we do better, feedback, things like that. And part of it is I just love the origin stories. Every one of them comes out differently. Everyone's got their unique path to get there. Yeah. Um, so I think that's number one. Uh, two is, how do I say this, uh, trend, marketing trends and agencies is a very strange concept. So I go to a lot of agency conferences and they're talking about all the top trends. Um, so things like agencies should become multi, you know, very hyper niche focused, both vertically and product or um, horizontally on the product side. Yeah. Um, but the number of agencies actually doing all of these top trends is much lower than I would have accepted. So the number of agencies standing out and doing top marketing trends uh, I think uh, there's a lot of influence. Uh, agencies are trying to balance being thought leaders and also dragging their clients with them for what they're being asked for. Yeah. Um, and so that tension of you want to do right by your client, bring in all the new innovations, all the top trends mm -hmm. with your clients pressuring you for like, I heard, I heard blogging's a good thing. I'm going to do that. Videos hop. Can I get those blogs, those videos. Um, uh, is an interesting push pull that I didn't really get the dynamic of before. Yeah, it's, it, it is fascinating. You've actually identified something quite, um, yeah, quite uh, unusual about that industry. And I experienced it myself, both having my own agency in the past and having worked in HubSpot. And I think where it comes from is if you can imagine that everyone who ever is even, has even worked in an agency for six months, they are the Jetsons. They are in the future. And what they don't understand is because their passion for marketing and their passion for digital and the fact that they're, even if they're not digital natives or they haven't been born, you know, like in the 1990s, people like me, like in my 40s, 50s, we just pick up on this technology because we just keep at it. We've got this very... Um, determined perseverance around technology. We're not afraid of apps. We're not afraid of websites. Um, it's a certain type of personality. But there's a lot of people out there who are quite reserved. Um, you know, I have friends my age in their, in, in their mid-40s and they have no clue about technology. <clears throat> because they're not interested in it. You know, it was something that they weren't passionate about. So I think where the difference comes is if you're interested in digital and marketing and agencies, you go out there and you go all in and you cannot understand sometimes why does nobody understand that? You know, Facebook's been around for you know 15 plus years. Why do you not know that? They don't get that they're not as passionate about it or as all learning. You know, they learn about something new and they'll spend weeks learning all about it. You know, um, and then they'll kind of go, but you know, by like, but why? Why aren't you going to do that? They don't understand that people don't move as quick. Businesses don't move as quick. Some people are more conservative, um, and that's why they have this two camp. Kind of thing. <laughs> You know, they've got this, I really want to learn all about this. I'm fascinated by it and I'm going to absorb myself. I've met digital agency owners. I've done it myself. I'll absorb myself in a product or a course or something for a weekend. You know, everything else falls by the wayside. They're a certain type of personality. I find them fascinating. I, I love working I with them. Yeah, I know. It's great, isn't it? I love working with them. But it's balancing that. It's going, okay, your client is aware of what you're doing, but not to the depth and the knowledge. So don't you know, waterboard them with <laughs> the information, find the balance and slow is steady. It's okay that they're not doing AI chatbots, <laughs> that they just yeah. want to do a little bit of blogging and some videos. We'll get them there. You know, it's, yeah, um, yeah it's, I, it's, it's fascinating. We have, a, we have a good example. I know that our, our head of marketing, Paul, is going to come on and talk to you more about what yes. we learned from our- Yes, tell us about uh, this. Yeah, the survey that you've got going. So we've been trying to come up with the most comprehensive uh, survey that agencies have used as far as how are agencies actually using content and how do they look at it. Mm -hmm. uh, so we're, uh, we're well past the 100 uh, survey participants so far, which we're, we're pretty proud of. It's, awesome. a, it's, it's pretty detailed and it's over 50 questions. We just didn't find a resource out there. And so what we wanted to share back 
part of the interesting part about agencies is they all use content in a different way. Mm-hmm. Everyone's looking for the next level advantage. Everyone knows that it changes every single year. So what are the best agencies doing? And I think one of the favorite parts of the survey is we asked who considers themselves to be very successful with content and then we could look at their best practices and share them out with companies. Uh, things like charging retainers up front, making sure it's profitable out of the gate, that it's built into your practices, uh, all of those, or into your retainer packages. All of those were, are kind of tidbits that you'll, you'll hear in the next round, but that we Brilliant. found really interesting. Yeah, now we have a link to this, um, to this survey in the show notes. And if you're listening to it in March, the survey is staying open until the 31st of March. So head on over to the show notes and we'll actually be prepared promoting it out on social media um, before then, because obviously we're pre-recording this. But if you're, you, you're going to get this, there'll be a whole week before the end of March where this show is going to go out. So if you're listening to this and it's March 2020, because <laughs> it is evergreen content after all, um, head on over to the link that's in the show notes. And then what will happen is after March, we, you know, we, we'll actually share the survey results because we're really excited about that. Paul's going to come on a show and we're going to do a little mini show with Paul and he's going to share the highlights because I'm fascinated to hear about them as well and um, so yeah we'll get we'll get some more people on there because it's everyone's Thanks very curious about what everyone else is doing as well that's great and you uh Claudia, you have a great uh you have a wide international audience as well that's we right do not yeah. have that many international agencies in there so we'd love to hear from you guys yeah, like our listeners are all over the world, uh, Australia, the UK, Europe. Yeah, so we, we have them all over the world. So if you're listening to this, help us out on the survey. It's going to be fantastic for you and your business as well. Um, but we'll be, we'll be posting it out all around then as well. And the results, you'll hear about the results from Paul, so we're excited. So prediction-wise, um, since we're talking about surveys and results and helping agencies, what are some of the predictions that you see for agencies? What are some of the really big opportunities and predictions you see for agencies in the next three years? I was, I was thinking about this because I wrote the answers last week and uh, a lot has changed for those of you. It's wow. every great content. The world yeah. is changing every week. There's right. more, more of us staying inside, which gives more opportunity for writing content, but also yes. makes a very, uh, let me say precarious world for making predictions. Uh, so there'll be a shakeout in a lot of industries. Hmm. Uh, I think agencies is, uh, I, I don't think any industry is going to be immune. So I think it'd be a really good time to stand out. Yeah. So my number one prediction is a prediction that I don't think is going to shock anyone, but I think what's shocking is how few people are actually doing this, which is the rise of the hyper niche agency. Yeah. And so it's all the buzzword. You have thought leaders in agency world talking about this all the time, but we see very few agencies actually do this. I think uh, both on the vertical side and on the, on the horizontal side, when we asked how many agencies consider themselves a full service uh, digital agency versus uh, niche focus in our survey, it was over 60 to 70% still call themselves full service. Wow. Uh, um, as far as, uh, and not kind of carving out their niche. Uh, and similar numbers for vertical focus versus not. Uh, I think finding that level of expertise is gonna become more and more critically important. Mm. And from our side, we are seeing the rise of, this is it's kind of a, a different prediction, but it's also related, the rise of agencies that are using content creation as a competitive advantage. And what I mean by that is that if you use a partner like Verblio, what we're trying to enable you to do is to write as much content as your client needs to make them successful and as that you need to deliver, uh, as opposed to the, the opposite version, which is the normal way of working, which is how much content could I produce with the number of writers that I have? So right. if you could do this, we have a lot of niche agencies, like we have a hyper niche legal agency in the United States who only focuses on SEO for personal injury lawyers in top markets. Uh, and he comes out and offers a large package of content to just set his clients apart in their market and in their level of expertise, uh, and is using that just onslaught of content to really set his clients apart. Uh, they're doing 400 pieces of legal content with us, reviewed by lawyers every single month, and we brought the lawyers from our market too. Um, and so they're using that in a really differentiated way to really yeah. call out, like, what could I do with a, with a partner like this? We love it when... We love it when agencies are figuring out how to use us better than we've thought of. 
Uh, and that's one really good example. Yeah, the hyper niche. I, I really love that. I'm, and the more and more agencies I talk to, um, I'm, I'm seeing and experiencing a lot of that, um, especially through I do a lot of work with partner programs.io, which I know you're a partner with as well. Because uh, yes. previously I was very HubSpot uh, ecosystem, I guess. <laughs> it was just, you know, because I worked there and I worked with lots of agencies there. Um, but now I'm getting ex- um, this exposure and this learning from this wider group of agencies um, that the hyper niche there was always that in HubSpot pick your industry pick your geography it was very that message it was like go into hotels in Germany you know it was or it was hospital go into biotech in France you know there that was a very the hyper niche message what I'm witnessing now is things more like e-commerce email just email for just e-commerce businesses right like that sort of mixing the product kind of dimension and not being so industry location um thinking and and if you're in an agency now and you're thinking god which hyper niche would i go to it's go back to your last 10 great clients that you loved working with what results did you get for them what work did you do for them and was it profitable and build packages around that that would be your new hyper niche yeah, it's interesting. I was listening to your podcast with the Content Lab earlier, and uh, she was talking about um, the how much, like, what a load off of her mind it was when she decided to go niche and to really only have one area of expertise, and how much easier it makes the rest of the world. We felt the same way when we focused on when we decided a couple of years ago to really double down on our agency focus versus supporting the SMBs as a marketplace as well. Mm. So hopefully that'll work for all of you, and uh, we have. We have segments of writers for 40 plus uh, different verticals. Uh, Yeah, so you can, you know, and I think with with everything that's going on in the world right now, it's time to reflect and regroup and decide what's working well, what's time to let go of things. um, What can we focus on and do better? Um, Speaking of mother predictions, video. Oh man, hot topic. Um, um, Yes, yes, video, video, video. (laughs) Talk, Talk to us about your prediction there for agencies. That's great. I know that you had Rob on from, uh, oh, from video yeah. recently. As They're well, just who... incredible. I've, I love video. I've been using Vidyard for years. I'm, um, people often say to me, oh, um, you, you seem to be very natural at video. I wasn't. <laughs> I just do tons and tons and tons of videos um, and just keep practicing and, and keep working on it. But tell us about your prediction for video. So our prediction for video, so is Part of it is the same as uh, is, as everyone says, which is video is going to be huge, mm-hmm. and it's kind of like this is the this is the prediction of every single year. Um, it's yeah. the prediction of the future as well. Um, but no, but um, we we often quote many people in the industry about Brian Halligan's 2016 inbound presentation, where he said 50% of your content should be video. Yeah. Right now, and that was before HubSpot had a partner or had any sort of an offer before they started working with Vidyard. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think everyone's scrambling to figure it out. So some of the stats we got from our survey was that over 75% of agencies already think that video is critical to deliver with content on an ongoing basis. Uh, and the percent of people who feel of agencies that figure like they figured out how to do that is in the single digits. So I think it's the wild west out there. Those of you who follow Verblio know that we acquired uh, an AI video platform to transform our written content into video content about a year and a half ago, and we are tinkering away. I would say that we have MVP version 1.1, and it's going to take some development. Uh, But I really believe that in the future future content world, written content's not going to go away, but video content should parallel previous trends. So the way that blogs started out was kind of more mediocre content, and they got more long form and more in depth and started writing for humans versus machines. Mm-hmm. Um, and they got more evolved. And I think video is going to follow the same way. So the videos that are coming out right now um, are really not as high quality as they're going to need to be. Mm-hmm. But they're grabbing attention and they're showing impact for the agencies that are using them for their clients uh, because they're standing out and they're the only ones there. But you're right. going to need to get better at it. So we are, we are trying to deliver it in a way that unifies content and makes it multimedia as opposed to create videos as its own content idea and platform uh, yeah. and priority. I think, uh, great. And I think a lot of this as well, sometimes we do the whole, oh, videos out there, it's going to be big. I think if you look at your own consumption of what you are consuming yourself over the last, I would say, year, 18 months, how are you consuming your 
your own information or content. Like I know myself, I, I don't read at nearly half as much as I used to. Um, it's definitely something I've got to work on. But when I'm looking for something, I'm straight into YouTube. How to, where to, just show me and especially show me with subtitles as well. Um, because I might be, you know, I might be actually have something else on and while I'm trying to consume this too. So if you think about your own personal what are you doing as you know your personal consumption of video and what you like and start to specialize around that and if you're definitely an agency first of all if you're thinking i i, I don't even know where to start 100 percent, we've got you guys now with the ai too like you said it's coming down the line but to think about the the thinking about it is to read Marcus Sheridan's They Ask, You Answer, because mm -hmm. you could even start doing this with your clients today, because everyone's going to be trying to figure out what are they going to do. And you can start with your own clients by implementing They Ask, You Answer methodology. And he's, his latest book is all around video. And then Vidyard is the other three, like the three prongs there of understanding those Vidyard, Verbilio, and They Ask, You Answer, all at the same time. Uh, I think that's great guidance. Yeah, I know I do. I talk to people a lot about they're like, oh, I don't even know where to start in this video thing. You know, I can't afford a videographer. It's all that. And it's like, no, no, start working one on one with your best client right now and get them in and start doing small little things with them and improving their pages on their website with their existing content. Um, that's the, the best place to start. Um, and your third prediction, give us another one there. I love the predictions, our crystal ball. <laughs> yeah, well, the third prediction was video going to be actually uh, uh, where it goes. Um, I think the other, the other one's more of a big trend that I think will continue, which is the trend towards long form. Yeah. Uh, and what is a, uh, so I think the next prediction is about amplification of content being and, and how to use existing con content better mm -hmm. is going to be a bigger trend of how you drive success for SEO for clients. Mm. And which is, for example, there's been so much talk about 10x content, thought leadership content. What we find in the wild is that the agencies that are most successful with content are writing pieces that are between 1,000 and 2,000 words or under 500 words. So there's no kind of middle ground. Um, just a just a quick aside. Uh, just three years ago, uh, I think ten percent of our content was above a thousand words, and now it's two thirds of our content. Wow! Just to show how quickly that turns, and a lot of us, a lot of that is agencies driving us for what they find most success, successful, and a lot of us is a lot of it is us driving agencies for what we find to be most successful. Yeah. Um, so I think that's a really powerful trend. I think the next trend is how do you amplify that? So if you're going to write a pillar piece, you want to get the most out of it. So you can have your personal writer, the person who gets you that you invest the most in, you're spending you know, 100 to $150 an hour with this writer because they're a true expert in their space. Well, how do you get the most out of that? Using uh, a partner like Verblio or using a different partner to go and turn that to 100 to 200 different support blogs and videos that support every piece of that content. Very similar to uh, some of the HubSpot uh, methodology that they've professed for years. Yes. Very, very familiar. Yeah, very with. familiar. <laughs> uh, and the other is going back to your existing content. So we found that of the companies that are agencies that said they were most successful with content, uh, about two thirds of them uh, focused first on, on refreshing and revamping existing content and existing blogs within the system. So now that we've all been writing so much content and there's so much out there, uh, taking the bright spots and focusing on them and amping them up is another key trend that I think is going to become more and more important. Yeah, and then looking at lots of different ways of presenting that, if we bring the video into it, you know, you can have a blog post that perhaps the CEO and maybe the top sales guy uh, would talk about in a conversation. They would over and back about it. You can make an animation out of it. You can make it. There's so many things that you can do and you can get creative with the videos and definitely have some fun. If the industry that you're in has a little bit of pep and a bit of personality, that's what people love to see is that the people that they're going to work with, the clients that they're going to work with, they want to know the staff. You know, and they want to see that person if it's not a serious industry. Um, I, I think it's incredible times for agencies ahead if, if they pay attention to those three. So the volume of um, the amount of volume of content and the fact that we can explore it and look at it repurposing. We look at video and we also um, 
definitely start looking at hyperneating. I, I think it now is the time to hyperneat uh, and, and, and just do that by looking at what do you love doing, what you did well, what was profitable, what got results for clients. Um, the answers are definitely inside in your agency. That's for sure. That's good. Um, I really liked you actually turned to those uh, trends into even more interest or even more interesting trends to add, which was more digestible content. How do you make it multimedia so everybody can digest it at their own personal preference level? Uh, and the other piece of it is tying existing content trends into the marketing and sales channel. So it becomes part of collateral. So many of us for so many years have a blog section on our website that is completely unrelated and has no uh, relevance to the rest of the company. So I love talking back to how to use it with executives talking about the yeah, there's, there's so many different ways to do it. I, you know, I, I get it. It's easy sometimes for us. We're not inside in a busy agency. It's a complicated business. Um, I, I know that firsthand. And I also know that from working with my clients. So um, sometimes these things, and that's, all, that's the whole purpose of this show, is not just interviewing agency owners, but interviewing companies like yourself who are going to help agencies see through the forest, past the trees, way out into the future, and give them some okay, uh, maybe I should do that next year and start to give them a path of the way out because uh, it, be, it could be dark and lonely road there in the forest. I know that myself. <laughs> so what, what are you seeing when, it, when you're looking at, I love that example of the legal agency, the, the agency who's specializing in legal. What other things are you seeing agencies just like do really, really well that you're going, gee, that agency is just nailing that. I wish other agencies would do that. What are the other things that you're seeing when it comes to content? So some other bigger trends related back to some of the survey questions I was talking about before, which is setting up for a client, having a specific process for how a new client gets set up with content, mm. uh, doing a great job of expectation settings from the beginning, which is uh, some of those are one is a big part of your retainer. You're going to be spending this much. This is how much time it's going to take it to make an impact. Uh, part two is the amount of client feedback that they're willing to elicit, which is, which is so hard. I yeah. totally, uh, we have this conversation all the time, but it's my voice, it's my tone. It's actually the classic outsourcing conversation and everything, including the call centers I used to work for. Who right. could possibly represent my voice like I do? <laughs> um, and, but they're doing a great job of talking to their clients about, look, you could, have this, you could make this every single piece 20% better, or you could have it be 100% more effective by having everything published consistently and on time and leave it in our hands. So the best... The agencies who are most successful are basically coaching their clients to trust them. They're having a level of quality overview of the content that comes to them so that the clients can be sure that whatever's on their site is going to represent them decently, if not exactly 100% to their goals, uh, and, the, and to, to believe in the process. The mm. process is we create high quality content ongoing. Not everyone's gonna be a perfect fit, but the more important thing is to get it out there and get it consistently than is to wait for you to, you know, uh, client CEO to have the free time to rewrite 15 blogs. Brilliant. Yeah. I, th I think at the beginning as well, what I've, what I've witnessed and firsthand and through the agencies that I work with is when an agency signs up a new client, there is an awful lot of excitement, high energy, high commitment. The clients just handed over, you know, X amount of money promises are made, things are very enthusiastic. It's like, great, let's go through the content onboarding. We need you to, we're going to provide this amount of blogs based on the content that you give over to us and we require it back within five days of us giving it to you so that we can stick to our schedule. And the first month, you know, it might be a bit sticky getting people on board, but maybe the second month it improves in the third month. But then there seems to be this decline of, of where it, it starts to get friction again, where somebody goes on holidays in the client, so they can't prove it back to the agency they start getting blogs back and they're like, oh, I'm not very happy with this or they just take too long. They hold on to it for way too long and they don't realize how much it upsets the balance of the timelines for the agency. And what I've seen is a lot of friction comes in where the agency gets a bit resentful of the client and they're like, you promised you were going to do this and the client's like, why are you chasing me? I've got all these things to do. What are some ways that you've seen, and, and especially I'm imagining now with using a platform like you've got is actually going to help that, but what other ways are you seeing of improving that relationship over a sustained period of time? First few months, it's great. It's excitement. After a period of time, 
what are you seeing agencies doing well with their clients over a longer period of time? So I wish I, some of these things we don't have the greatest insight into, which is why we're asking a lot of these survey questions, but some of the yeah. things we've heard could yes. be helpful. Uh, one is that upfront expectations setting of just throughout everything that's going to happen to you. Saying exactly what you just said, Cloda, which is like three months from now, this is what's going to happen. You're yes. going to say there were five blogs that I didn't like in the last three months, and you're only going to focus on those five. Right. You won't focus on the other 25 and you won't be focusing on the results because why you're doing this is to, to help your audience when they're, when they're looking at your clients uh, and to be front of mind. And uh, so one is expectation setting. I've heard of people experimenting with pricing. Uh, this is best example kind of in website creation where I've heard that uh, website creation agencies that rely on the client that have the client option if they want to write their own content versus not uh, will deliver a site in two to three times the amount of time that it will take the agency to deliver so they price it accordingly yeah and basically say we'll give you either draft content some call it proto content which right I don't know if that's a real, real that's word a great a lot, new word i love it <laughs> i like it i think everyone should love use it, it. <laughs> you just fill up the site and say it's shipped if you yeah. want to edit it later go ahead we have a partner who already drafted for you for uh, but if you want to write it yourself this is our this is our new price point for you uh and the third is agencies are getting uh so first our writers are people they are writers they have their own businesses. They have the choice whether to write for you or not. Mm, um, right. And the agencies that are nailing this make our writers want to write for you and your clients. So they don't treat them like an outsourcer. You, uh, you as an agency want to be seen as a strategic partner. You want to be seen as a consultant. You don't want to be seen as an outsourcer. Uh, and our writers are the same way. And it's a different level of the skilled economy. And the more, the best agencies are being very respectful in their comments back to clients or to writers, even if it totally missed the mark and they declined the piece, yeah. they'll say why they did. And so those Give comments mean feedback. a lot to the writers. Right. Yeah. Uh, and then they'll come up front with every client they set up with very good expectations. Our favorite part of our platform, the most useful part of our platform that we ask clients for is to give us a piece of content that represents what you like. Mm -hmm. And then our writers can see it and be like, I can't write anything like that. Or wow, that's perfect for me. Right. Um, and so the more they guide the writers and give feedback along the way, um, you got to view them as a, an, a, a, you know, an extension of your team uh, as opposed to uh, an outsourcing, like the old, the, old score, the old school view of outsourcing. Yeah, I think they, like, they're, they are rare to get a really good writer that's going to cooperate and remembering that they're people. I think that's fantastic. I, there still isn't a big opportunity for agencies have because of this difficulty with finding good writers, haven't made content the core offering. Like that's definitely something that they're missing out on, right? Um, I think so. I mm. have every, you know, mm. all, <laughs> I have every reason to think so. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of why we do what we do. Uh, most of the, the data also points back to kind of our most successful agencies say that they make 25% of their profit from content. Wow. It's a, it's a quarter of what they do. It's how they deliver it and it's how they drive results. Um, and so we hope that continues. We know it'll change, but um, we think it's an important part of the, uh, the package. Yeah. And, and by having to like, like basically by, by working with your company and having this platform and now video coming down the track as well, it isn't going to be as painful as it was before. And there is, so much content no matter what business you talk to there is so much content in there even if it's a startup because the people in the business they are experts in their field that's why they're in the startup so there there's content in their heads <laughs> but generally there's just so much content in a business that if you can just get it right start to repurposing start to looking at the videos getting it rewritten getting it retoned <laughs> whatever it needs yeah. to be done there's a lot of good solid work there and let's face it we're not going to stop consuming <laughs> if anything we're consuming more in just different ways you know maybe it's the snippets and the sound bites and the little short videos and then when we get time we'll delve into the ebook and we we'll delve into the long form um, blog post oh brilliant well this has been an incredible overview I'm really uh, glad that we've got to share this like that's uh, we're very selective about who comes on the show and I, it's all about I'm very careful of who I talk to because it really is about making agencies uh, their lives better like I, I really care about this audience and I feel very passionate when I met you guys and I saw the tool and I was like 
you know, this is something that's going to change their business, going to make them more profitable, get better results for the clients, going to have them happier teams. And it's all the core elements that um, I'm proud of um, having and shaped in the agencies that I work with. So, but Steve, let's get into some personal things about, you know, tips and things that you have for working. Because at the end of the day, agencies are owners, are people. And we, I love to see their evolution over the last years of them taking care of themselves, of reading more, of doing things. So what is the, one of the personal habits that you could share with agency owners that's helped you be more effective in your job? I was thinking about the answer to this ahead of time because I have so many hobbies and I oh, try to right. keep track of all of them. I have generally the opposite problem of a lot of people. Uh, <laughs> but the way that I make sure that I keep doing all of them the, mo the most is I really like the count to me, the schedule and the calendar uh, it's really important, not just like that you block out the time, but I like to have some sort of a social commitment. Mm -hmm. So I like my, when I exercise, I play, well, I like sports a lot more than I like anything else. But if somebody else is waiting for me there that I'm going to let them down, I'm much more likely to do it. I'm much less, le I'm much less likely to reschedule my, uh, reschedule my guitar lesson than I am to uh, pretty much anything else. Uh, I locked in my, uh, my, I have a nine-year-old and 12-year-old boy, and I locked in the nine-year-old for, for ski lessons at our favorite ski mountain in Colorado, and eight Sundays during the year, so I have to be there. Brilliant. Just, otherwise, it would be like the snow's not that great this weekend. I'll never make it up. So brilliant. Really, and that's I one like scheduling everything. And that's one one child at a time. You do something with them. Oh uh, well, that child I put in ski lessons, and the twelve-year-old I make ski the back rolls with me all day. Oh right, perfect. And so you get to spend one-on-one -on -one time with. That's what I mean. It's like you get to spend this one-on-one -on -one time with them because you're actually doing that. I think that's a great thing to do. I know sometimes it's easier to take the kids out and do an activity, but if you can carve out some moments of spending individual time with them, um, I know uh, Brian Rose uh, from London Real. I've I've done some of his courses, been to his office. He he does a swimming lesson on a Sunday morning with his kid because he's like one of the boys that he has so that he can get some just an, a couple hours of individual you know building that relationship um, I love that tip and another one that you've um, shared with me before is about your gratitude about how grateful you are when you start your day I am I, I've been so I've been doing a lot of uh, taking on I've had the fortune of having a lot of executive coaching in my life which I think is one of the one of the major factors of, of, of my you know of, of things I've been able to accomplish, and I highly recommend a coach for everybody. It's a very similar type of thing. You're responsible to somebody else yeah. for your own personal development. Uh, and one of the things I've really been working on is just how to wake up. Like every startup and every agency is pure chaos. It's pure chaos every time. <laughs> I think somebody's told me along the way, the only thing that is for sure is every day is going to be a freaking mess. Um, so <laughs> just get excited about that and do it again and again. So one is to just wake up and remember try to remember so i really do try to have like a, a ritual in the morning where i spend some time remembering that i'm really fortunate to have these challenges or to have this this opportunity to have these incredible chaos chaotic challenges um love it and i think that's the big one yeah i think you know and we're going to need that more and more and um, definitely as you wake up and just feel grateful for what's 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 coming at you and I think for the moment, anyway, for the foreseeable future, we've all got to focus on what is within our control and what can we do. And there's plenty of things you can do. You can smile, you can have a positive attitude, you can um, be a good person to be around, you can do your personal training, you can eat well, you can sleep well, you know, you can foot well, rest anyway, it might be yeah. run things running around your mind. But uh, um, I think we all have a lot of things to be grateful for. We're going to head into some quite tough times. We know that, but we're all in this together and the digital agency community is phenomenal and it's partners and it's extending partners and we're all going to head on all this together. So if you're listening to this and you need some help or advice, you can reach out to me, you can reach out to Steve, reach out to the wider community. One thing you want to know, that's one thing I've learned about this group um, of the digital agency world. They do love to help each other and they'd hate to hear that someone was struggling and that they things were down or they couldn't figure something out um, so reach out there and then we'll finally wrap this up uh, which has been fantastic thank you so much Steve for this let's wrap up with I always end on a you know what tip would you have for agency owners maybe someone's just starting out there or maybe they're just down the track and they need to you know what I need to get a grip on things what is the tip you would give them from, from your desk there in downtown Denver, Colorado? 
how to start an agency. Well, first, I've never started an agency. So <laughs> please take that for what it is. I think that you all are, uh, I think the agency world is really lucky right now to have so many great resources to go to about how to start a resource. They have your podcast. They have a bunch of other top agency coaches that are, that are sharing their information freely and bringing this as a resource. This didn't exist three years ago. No, I was looking I for where these agencies come together. Yeah. Uh, there's conferences now. It's such an easier time to get great guidance getting up and going. I think that would be uh, number one is two is find a coach, find somebody who is your, who's done it before. I have an executive coach who used to run a billion dollar plus business. And I come with a list of like 10 questions of things that will take me days and weeks to figure out. And they're done in like an hour. And oh, that type amazing. of expertise is a really fortunate thing to have. So please, uh, I recommend go finding one. Fantastic. Well, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show. Thank you so much for this. And like I said before, check out the link for the survey if you're listening to this in March. And then if it's after March, don't worry. I can imagine we're going to do another survey. And Paul is going to be on the show probably maybe April. We'll get him on the show and he's going to share all the survey results because we all love a good survey. Steve, thank you so much for coming on Agency Live today. Thanks so much for having me. Thanks very much for, uh, for doing what you do. No worries. I'll see you, everyone. Goodbye. Thank you to our sponsors today, Verblio. It is a better way to do content for your agency clients. For more information, head on over to verblio.com forward slash four dash agencies. Thank you.